This is Meeting and Exceeding, a podcast where we talk to thought leaders in the early education space about the NQF, EYLF, and everything in between. Welcome back to Meeting and Exceeding, a podcast where we usually talk to thought leaders in the space about early education, but today uh, it's just us two, me and Kiang. We kind of felt like since we did a preview episode, we obviously need to do a review episode as well. Um, A lot of information to take in, um, a lot of reading uh, and research to be done, especially for for myself, obviously not, not being from here. I've got to catch up on what was done beforehand and what is being done now. But yeah, I guess we'll kind of break it down um, bit by bit. And yeah, why not start with the the CCS announcement that was made about a week or so ago. Um, Before I start obviously talking about it, I think everyone gets the general gist of it. But Kiang, do you want to give your thoughts on the the CCS announcement? The CCS announcement was good. I think a lot of, um, from a parent's point of view, it was brilliant in the sense that the cap has been removed, so to speak. From an educator's point of view or a, or a, um, a centre's point of view, it might not be as good as it, it seems. The reason being is you're giving parents access to pretty much uh, cheaper childcare or free childcare in, in some cases. Um, what that's going to mean is an influx of of more children in education or in early education. Um, but what's lacking is educators in early education. There was no extra funding for for staff members or the incentives to get more staff members in the industry or, or, or um, um, educators in the industry, so to speak. Um, so I think there's going to be high demand for childcare, less, not, not so much less educators, but obviously an undersupply of educators. Um, and what you're going to have is a situation whereby educators are going to feel like they're overworked. Um, in some cases, there'll be centres that have to knock back families because they don't have the, the resources to, um, to, to look after these, these, um, these, these children. Again, uh, being a budget, it's obviously a focal point of that is, is voters and, and with the, an upcoming election, um, it's going to appeal to families and for the Morrison government, obviously this this might seal their their um their victory in the in the next next election. Um, but obviously, from an educator's point of view, probably not the the best of budgets. Yeah, I think it's one of those where like there was a lot of calls for cheaper and free early education, and obviously that kind of looming problem of not enough educators. So it's almost like if they did nothing for the the access to early education they would have been criticised for not doing anything to make it cheaper. And then if they made it too cheap or free, there would have been something about, you know, obviously the the lack of educators. And, yeah, I think that was definitely kind of missing in this budget. I know there was the 50% subsidy for trainees and and apprentices, um, but... You know, I guess that was across like a lot of industries, and there wasn't a recognition that that this is a particular problem in early early education. And also, there was nothing really in there to incentivize the retention of staff. Um, the end of the, the end of the day, like un, until the working conditions get better, the, there's always going to be that drop off after after kind of three three or so years in in the in the industry. Um, 
touching on the the topic of trainees and apprentices, you have to remember that these trainees and apprentices, great to have them as part of the service, but they don't officially count towards ratio. Um, so even though you'll get that extra helping hand, so to speak, you could be in breach of compliance as well because these trainees and, and, and apprentices wouldn't necessarily count towards that, that ratio that these that these that centers have have in place. Yeah, and I and I guess obviously from our uh, conversation with Lisa last week talking about um the NQF and stuff and about you know they were brought in to kind of sort out things about room ratios and not do the kind of fiddling around what 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 they're doing now. I thought one good element of of what came out last week um or this week rather um, depending on when I can be bothered to put this episode out. <laughs> um, so there was a, a kind of reducing the kind of red tape and regulations around that. And I think, you know, from, from the conversations we've had with pretty much everyone in the, in the, in the sector, like we kind of welcome that level of kind of deregulation to an extent. Um, and they also kind of simplified it for families in the sense of getting those two, there was, there's like two websites at the minute and they're going to, you know, kind of merge it into one central website to make it easier to understand because, you know, CCS itself is hard enough to understand and without having extra websites and extra places to go to get your information. Um, it, it seems to me that that website has been redeveloped multiple times. Uh, I remember when when we, for, when owner first started out, there was a, um, that, that child find the website and then, then they redid that website. And sometimes I think get it done once, get it done right. And I think that it's just, it's just missing that, that link at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I guess that that's kind of a representation of the sector as a whole, isn't it? You know, it's kind of constantly changing. Um, and I guess it's always, it's always going to be just because obviously you can't please everyone, but um, there is a kind of a level of, complication and more complication than it, than it than it needs to be especially coming out with um with these plans and budgets and stuff um it's definitely not easy to understand for the average person and yeah maybe that's something that need that needs to be done beyond the kind of day day to day things just kind of making it more accessible to to even understand and i guess on the topic of kind of feeling you know out out of the loop um, and not un- understanding, you kind of wanted to touch on the people who were kind of left out of, of the budget in in our sector. There was an emphasis on early education. Um, and obviously early education starts from uh, six weeks um, all the way to, I guess, primary school and, and, and just slightly beyond. Um, one thing that was, wasn't mentioned at all was the support for before and after school care, as well as our vacation care as well. Um, one of the goals of this budget is to get more parents, or mainly women, uh, so to speak, back into the workforce. But without before and after school care um, funding, as well as as well as um, 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 vacation care, as well, these working families are going to require care during that period. Well, that's it. I mean, the you know the working day doesn't start at you know nine and finish at three. Those um, long day care centers in vacation care and then also like the before and after school care is so so important for getting people back into full-time work and um, i think you know 
they're talking about the economy being boosted by people coming back into work. I don't think there's going to be many places offering kind of nine thirty to to two thirty. Um, and it, and and if they are, then is it going to be that significant of a boost to the economy? Um, I I don't know. With the actual budget not being implemented until uh, next next July, um, hopefully the government can see um, some of the pitfalls with the with what they've announced, and you'll never know. Let's 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 hope that they they do come to the table in terms of um, extra funding on the before and after school care and, and the vacation care uh, period as well. So I guess kind of carrying on with the theme of you know certain people being left out of um of the budget um i think going back to the changes in the ccs you know one of the things that really stood out to me was there was a lot around well the big announcement was around you know families earning over i think it was like one hundred eighty nine thousand dollars a year and i was starting to think well where's the help for the the lower income families and also obviously the families with with one child um and obviously, again, you know, it's one of those you can't please everyone. But I think if you looked at that in isolation, you would think there's kind of no help for lower lower income families and um, only children or families with only one one child. Um, but then you look at the kind of the you know the plan for universal preschool at fi- uh, fifteen hours a week um, for one year before before school starts. So I guess there's kind of something in it for everyone to to an extent um i think it's obviously evident that preschool does set kids up for being a lot more successful in school so obviously it's really important that we close that gap between people who who i guess couldn't access um long daycare prior to to school so that that's great but is 15 hours enough every week with the budget it seems like it's some part of the way there but just not all the way there and that seems to be the theme it's always a a a hot debate with with budgets again you can't please everyone um it is a good budget to an extent but again it could have could have done a lot more for the the uh the sector yeah i think it kind of screams out as as you kind of alluded to before you know they're doing things to try and get voters um and it's very much kind of middle of the road which, which i guess if you are going to try and win an election is a good a good tactic but yeah i think you know obviously if you really want to do good um you kind of need to be in it all the way um i know that one year of preschool might be one year more than someone may have had access to before but in terms of having two years of preschool australia is actually in the bottom third of third of countries for enrolling three-year-olds in in preschool and um the evidence is out there to suggest that two years is so much better than one in preschool. Um, so yeah, I feel like there is a long way to go there, but it's you know it's a step in the right in in the right direction. To focus on, I guess, people who really need needs help. It was nice to see a, a new um, disability focused early childhood program coming out. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of information and workshops given to people to understand more and obviously that that would be great for referrals um i guess another theme similar to early education is you know there's a kind of a shortage of therapists as well 
but it's nice to see something being done uh, to kind of improve educators re- recognizing and being able to um kind of step in as and when needed obviously when, when we spoke to ed johnson a couple of weeks ago he mentioned the fact that upskilling educators kind of benefits the community as a whole when it comes to dealing with early intervention so um yeah i'm excited to see where where that one goes so yeah i think that's pretty much everything that we wanted to talk about bit of a short one this week um as i say there's you know it's kind of something in there for everyone um bit middle of the road there's nothing to really shout about or write home about um but yeah, nothing you know that I think is a an an outrage to anyone. Um, any final thoughts on that, Ken? My final thoughts on the budget was it was good, um, but obviously, like any budget, it could be it could be better. But again, you can't please everyone, as we mentioned a few times already on the on the on the podcast today. But overall, it was a step in the right direction. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's where we'll leave it there it's always a bit of a weird one kind of talking about politics like especially as a as a brand um but yeah i think we did pretty well to give a fairly unbiased view i i hope that came, that came across and um, i hope that the information that we gave was was helpful to anyone who, who who was wanting a bit more more clarity around that kind of stuff um we'll be back next week with Cassandra Button, who is an early education consultant who specialises in leadership and also the QUIP. I know the QUIP's a big topic amongst educators in terms of getting it right. Um, so, yeah, she's got some really, really good tips for that. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, yeah, me too. So um, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Thank you.